Now we've found from a biblical perspective that blessing is something that we experience that really adds to life. Through blessing, we experience fruitfulness of prosperity. We experience safety and security. We experience rule and responsibility. And we experience this thing called peace or shalom, God's wholeness. When we experience these blessings in life, our lives are enriched in amazing ways and our lives become full. God freely bestows blessings on people because it is God's nature and desire to bless. We also have found that there is this counter movement to blessing that is present in our world called the curse. And we've got to take the curse into account. Opposite to blessing is a curse which really puts a stranglehold on life, brings insecurity and chaos, brokenness in relationship, alienation in community, and just a plain struggle to survive. Just as blessing is all around us in the world, so is the curse. So here we face this dilemma. God really wants to bless His creation. God truly wants to bless human beings. God's desire is to bless you and to bless me. And yet, we see that because of our human decisions and actions, the curse is ever around us, robbing us of life. When we attempt to try to shortcut our way to God's blessing by reaching what appears to be a blessing instead of waiting on God and God's timing to bless us in the manner that God chooses, we enter into that curse. Adam and Eve lived in an enchanted garden with every imaginable blessing that was flowing from God that would make their life meaningful and full. Yet... They reached out to take on their own what appeared to be a blessing of being more like God and knowing the difference between good and evil. They tried to take it on their own instead of trusting and waiting for God. And as a result, they felt the consequences of the curse. A loss of intimacy with each other, a loss of relationship with God, a struggle for vocation and meaning, the struggle with relationships and being dominated by others. A few days ago, Patty and I uh, went to see the movie Elvis. How many of y'all have seen the movie Elvis so far? Okay, a few people in the congregation have. In watching that movie, I was watching it, interesting enough, because I'm a preacher through the lens of this particular series, The Blessing and the Curse. Elvis was such a person blessed with so many wonderful talents and so many great things around him. And yet, he reached out to grasp for what appeared to be blessing, and it ended up being a curse, and his life ended in darkness. It's real. What I'm talking about isn't some kind of theological abstraction. It's something that we see 
in the world around us. We see it in the lives of others. We oftentimes see it in the lives of people we love. But we also find it in our own lives. God really wants to bless us. And yet, we step into the curse. How do we find the blessing that God intends? Can we truly be liberated from the curse? In Paul's letter to the Galatians that you heard John reading just a moment ago, Paul takes on this subject of blessing and curse. In the center of this letter, he begins to talk about this whole idea of blessing and curse and what can happen. Now, Paul was very concerned when he wrote to the folks in Galatia because there were some Jewish Christians who had come visiting the church that had been planted there in that Roman territory. And and these Jewish Christians were promoting an idea that said, in order to truly be right with God, you had to not only believe in Jesus, but you also had to do what was prescribed in the law. And when I say law, think of capital L, law, which is, in the Old Testament, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the law. And in order to be a follower of Jesus and to be right with God, you had to believe, yes, but you also had to do the law. Unfortunately, Paul had discovered because of reports that were coming back to him from folks that had visited the church in Galatia that members of the church were being convinced of this particular theology. Paul realized that this was taking them away from the heart of the good news which had been the foundation of that church's establishment and the part of their faith. So Paul shared about the blessing and curse to provide them with an understanding of what could bring truly the fullness of life. He knew if they continued to follow the path they were going, their life would be robbed from them. Now, I think it's important for us to understand that there are ideas, there are theologies even, that can oftentimes rob us of the fullness of life that God intends. And Paul was trying to get at the heart of that as he talked with them. And he begins this section that John read with this shock statement. He said, all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. And then he goes on to quote from a passage found in the law that says, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Now, these words would have caused people who were sensitive to an understanding of the law to say, what did I just hear in this letter? Cursed is everyone who tries to live by the law. They're under a curse. You see, the law was a body of some 613 rules and regulations that God had given to the Hebrew people that was considered a gift. It was considered a good thing. It was seen as the source of God's desire and design for His people. Even in the law, provisions were made 
for the nation and for leaders and for individuals that if they violated parts of the law, there were ways that they could come back to God and their sins would be forgiven and they would be back in right relationship with God. There was an atonement through the sacrificial system. Paul's comment that attempting to live by the law would doom a person would cause everyone who heard those words that knew anything of the law to pause. You see, God gave this gift, the law, to the nation of Israel because they were chosen by God for a special purpose for being the means through which the world, the world would connect to God. God would connect to the world. The law provided for them moral, civil, and religious direction that would allow them to fulfill that mission and to remain in the flow of God's blessing. By observing the law, the nation would remain in right relationship with God. So fundamentally, the law was a good thing. And so Paul says those who try to live under the law are under a curse. But unfortunately for the nation of Israel, they were doomed by this pattern that kept repeating itself over and over and over again. And this is the pattern. They received God's blessing. God's blessing flowed to them as God's people. They then rebelled, and there was the collapse of the nation, of the people. And then God would come and bring restoration because the curse had arrived. And this pattern continued over and over and over and over again. Even as the law was given in Exodus, where the children of Israel were, were on that pilgrimage from Egypt to the promised land, after God had given the law, we find the people in states of rebellion and, and the blessing turns to a curse and, and the people collapse and then God brings restoration. We find it again and again in the book of Judges and in, among the kings, both of the northern and southern kingdoms, this pattern just over and over and over again. God's blessing. Rebellion, collapse, curse, restoration. But it seemed each time there was this spiraling downward with this repeated pattern. The great experiment of the nation of Israel demonstrated that they were doomed to live under the curse and the following of the law for the nation was not something they could accomplish. Paul asserts that the example of Israel's history with the blessing and curse demonstrates that no one can be made right with God by following the law. The curse is always looking and human beings fall prey to not being able to fully obey all the rules and regulations. Now, if the very people that God chose to follow the law and this pattern of living, if the very people that God chose were not able to live by the law and experience the fullness of its blessings, where does that leave the rest of humanity? 
Where does that leave you and me? Are we forever trapped in the curse that robs us of life, alienates us from God and one another? What if right now I were to say, Brett, come and lead us in the final hymn? We sure would be leaving on a dark note. But that's not all the story. Bless your hearts. It's not all the story. Paul says this. The proclamation of great news. Christ liberates us from the curse of the law. Say that with me. Christ liberates us from the curse of the law. Imagine what this liberation means. For years I've had a heart for recovery ministry because of my compassion for those who struggle with chemical addiction. I've witnessed how its demonic hold has destroyed the lives, homes, families, and communities of people who are addicted. I've observed how people have wrestled to be free from those demonic forces that control their lives. And then when it happens, when the chains are broken from addiction and a person begins living a life that's liberated from that prison, it is such a beautiful thing. And maybe you've witnessed that in someone you know as well. Of course, that person has to continue, often in a recovery program, to remain in that liberation, but it's so life-giving. Paul asserts that Jesus liberates us from the curse. Jesus offers the way to be free from that which is life-draining, relationship-straining, and lack-of-reigning curse. He offers a path to escape the chaos of this world. Jesus liberates us from the curse. But how does Jesus do it? Paul inserts another zinger in his letter to the Galatians. And he says that Jesus becomes the curse for us. He ties this liberating act of Jesus to the cross. And he quotes again from out of the law a verse that says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a pole, everyone who hangs on a tree. When Paul says that Jesus became a curse, it would have shaken the people who heard it originally. Jesus, the blameless one, Jesus, the one without fault, Jesus, the sinless one, God become human living among us. He becomes the curse. The cross for Jesus is the curse. Think for a few moments with me about the curse and the cross. The blessing, fruitfulness, and prosperity. On the cross, Jesus was stripped of his last earthly possessions, his very clothing, even including his underwear, his undergarments, and they were gambled away at the foot of the cross. 
The blessing? Security and safety. On the cross, Jesus' life was not only threatened, but it was taken in the most violent manners imaginable by humanity. The blessing? Rule and responsibility. On the cross, others were ruling over Jesus. Even the passerbys were making criticisms of Jesus on the cross. The curse brings alienation. It was on the cross where Jesus felt abandoned by God. Do you remember his words? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The curse brings exile from community. The author of Hebrews asserts, Jesus was executed outside the gate. Now, the author isn't giving us a GPS location of where the crucifixion took place, but he's telling us something about Jesus being under the curse. He was executed outside of, alienated from the community. The curse always robs of life. And on the cross, Jesus struggled for every breath, and he died. Jesus became the curse. He entered into the curse, and through it brought us liberation from the curse. Now, Paul doesn't go into detail exactly how that happens. He just asserts that it did. I can't explain the details of how it happened, but it did. Jesus became the curse so that we might be liberated from the curse. Do you realize what that means? Do you realize what that means? Wow. But not only, not only in the cross are we liberated from the curse But the cross of Jesus opens to us God's blessing in an amazing way. You see, Paul asserts that the blessing given to Abraham way back in Genesis is now given to those who follow Jesus. Jesus did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He liberated us from the curse and he restored God's blessing to us. Christ did a wonderful and amazing work for us. But to enjoy those blessings, we play a part in the equation. God doesn't just say to humanity, you're now liberated Enjoy the blessings. Paul points out that we receive by faith. If we are to enjoy the liberation Jesus brought and enjoy the fullness of God's blessing, we must exercise our faith in Jesus. At the heart and core of faith is believing in Jesus, who he is and what he did. Living in relationship with Jesus, Jesus and trusting in him fully 
You see, faith is about being loyal to Jesus with underlying allegiance. Through faith, we place ourselves in Jesus' hand and trust Him to deliver and to care for us. Now, those of you who are here for the first sermon can see we've gone full circle, haven't we, Pastor Jacqueline? God desires to bless us. And He freely gives His blessing on those who trust in Him. As we trust in Jesus, the door is flung wide open for us to receive full liberation from the curse and the flow of God's blessing. Through Jesus, we enter into the blessing of God. This faith, this trust is the mean of remaining free from the clutches of the curse and continuing to enjoy the blessing of God. Fruitfulness and prosperity, rule and responsibility, peace and security, deep relationship with God, deep relationship with one another. What we decide and continue to do still has its impact. If deciding and doing flows from out of the relationship with Jesus, we remain in the blessing. Where are you today in your relationship with Jesus? The blessing comes back to this. Have you trusted in Him and received the liberation and blessing that He gives? Are you continuing to live in that relationship with Jesus in allegiance to Christ? If so, let the blessings flow. Let's pray. Father, what we've heard over the past several weeks about blessing and trusting in you is absolutely amazing. And Father, help us all now for those, Lord, who have yet to really proclaim their faith in Jesus. May they say yes to Jesus the Savior today. Be liberated from the curse and begin living into that blessing of Abraham. For those of us, Lord, who have been on the journey for a while and maybe, Lord, our, our faith and relationship has uh, wavered and maybe we've wondered, uh, Lord, we pray that you would uh, uh, help us now to take a step of faith and call out to Jesus. Lord, help us now to live in and into the blessing and liberation that you have for us. We make our prayer in Jesus' name.